the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it's lovely to be with you this morning and to share a little bit of this passage as we think about the Ascension. We had our Ascension Day service on Thursday and we continue the theme today. It's a bit of a surprise, to be honest, for me to be here today. Uh, It was meant to be Kai preaching, so I'm very sorry if you've come to hear Kai. Um, Then please feel free to leave now and come back next week uh, when we hope he'll be able to, to join us. Um, I had to work a bit extra hard then yesterday to, to write another talk or to work on the one that I'd been crafting for St Anne's this morning. Every, every church has a talk, especially for that congregation, for their style and their character. And it's important, isn't it, to do the preparation and to make sure that you get your message across. I read a lovely story recently about a zookeeper who wanted to increase his mongoose stock from six to eight. Dear sir he wrote to the curator of mammals at London Zoo, please forward two mongooses. He looked at it and thought, mongooses? That doesn't look right. So he screws up the paper, bins it, and then writes another one. Please forward two mongoose. He looks at that. That doesn't sound right either, does it? So he screws that one up, puts it in the bin. He tries one more time. Please forward two mongooses. That still wasn't right. Sat down, lots of thought. Finally, he's cracked it. He comes up with the answer. Please forward one mongoose. Yours faithfully, Fred Bloggs. P.S. Make that too. (laughs) Getting your message across. It's, It's important, isn't it, to make sure that you get it right. I was meeting recently with some other vicars, And as vicars do, we were discussing churchy things, and we got onto the topic of how long does it take to write a sermon? There were some interesting answers. I won't share all of them with you. Uh, Different people gave different answers. Um, It depended how long they were going to be preaching for, how diligent they were feeling in preparation, however many of the sermons they had to write that week already, who the intended audience was. And we got onto the question, well, so how much... Is the sermon worth? If you could put a monetary value on it. And if you think about it, adding up the hours spent, time, the computer equipment, reference books that have been referred to, the energy expended, I thought it would come to quite a bit. And like you do nowadays, I thought this would be interesting to Google. So, of course, go to Google. Can you buy a sermon? The answer is yes, you can. Um, You can get... Yesterday's figures, you could get a bespoke funeral sermon for the person of your choice, written specially for you for £62. Okay, these are available uh, by uh, sermon experts on Google. And Church in Wales vicars normally get about £80-something for a funeral, so we would actually make a profit if we bought these in and then used them at the time I worked out. For a standard Sunday sermon for people like you, well, it's cheaper. 
the prices start at just £42. So there you are, that's the, that's the cost, uh, the going rate of a sermon. But today, especially for you, I've got a bargain. I know you like a bargain here in, in Keridigion. So uh, here is a 5P sermon. Uh, five points, all beginning with the letter P. So you can have this for, for 5P. And we're going to be looking at that passage in Luke's Gospel and drawing out five important things here for us to learn about as followers of Jesus in this place. First, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you will speak to us through it. Send your Holy Spirit on us, and open our eyes to see new things afresh in your word this morning. Amen. So five Ps, here we go. The first one, promise. We are people of the promise. Uh, verses 44 to 46 here. Jesus here, uh, he's just before the ascension. He's saying the last few messages, if you like, to his disciples and giving them some key, key bits. And what does he do? He explains prophecies about him through the Old Testament. He talks about the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, saying they're all prophetic, pointing to him. They are leading to the promised Messiah. Jesus is the Christ, the promised one. Verse 44, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled what is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. What a key verse that is for us this morning. The first thing that Jesus does for his disciples in his last gathering of them here, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. That's where understanding begins. It was true then and it's true for us now. We need to ask God to help us to understand his word, the Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint us so these great truths of scripture can be revealed to us because we are people of the promise. And God has promised us so much in the Bible. Thomas Cranmer, who wrote the Book of Common Prayer back in 1539, included a very famous prayer which gives us instructions about the, the Bible. It's one of the, the collects, one of the prayers in that prayer book, and it begins, Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. Famous words. What a good advice for us this morning. We people of the promise. Do we take this seriously? To hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the words of scripture. We're people of the promise. Do we appreciate this? Do we read our Bibles? Do we study it? Do we discuss it? Do we ask God to open our eyes? to understand it better. In our ministry area here, we've got lots of life groups that meet during the week. Uh, some in the morning, some in the afternoon, some in the evenings, different days of the week, some that meet in English, some that meet in Welsh, all doing one thing, studying God's word. If you're not in one already, why not join one? Join with us to study the word of God because we are people of the promise. So that's our first P. Second one, we're people of proclamation. Verses 47 to 48 tell us the next point. 
that we've got the responsibility of proclaiming the great truths of the Bible to others, to pointing other people to God. He talks about repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. That's our job, beginning at Jerusalem. goes on, you are witnesses of these things. We may be called to be preachers, but we're all called to be witnesses, certainly, to tell of what God has done for us. We may not all be called to be ordained or to be lay readers or to have an official role within the church, but maybe you are being called to that. I'm the diocesan vocations advisor, so I'm happy to chat with you if you think God is calling you to a specific role within the church. But we're all called to share our faith with others and to point others to God, to proclaim the great truths of Scripture. 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We are people who have this hope because we have this promise and we need to share it with others. Here, talking about being witnesses. Do we take that role seriously, individually and as a church, to stand as witnesses for God in this place? When we know, when we begin to understand some of the promises of Scripture, we need to, and we should want to, share that and proclaim Jesus to others who don't know him yet. I wonder when the last time was you spoke to someone about the difference that your faith makes in your life. I lead one of the Welsh language life groups, and we've just, well, we're part of the way through our second series on evangelism, personal evangelism, how to share your faith with your friends. And it's been very challenging to get that focus back as that we are people here to proclaim these great truths. People of promise, people of proclamation. We're also people of power. Because if all that sounds a bit daunting, if all that sounds frightening, this responsibility that we have, we don't feel that we're sure enough in our Bible knowledge, we're brave enough to testify to others about our faith, then take heart because the passage carries on, verse 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. Stay in the city till you have been clothed with power from on high. What a great phrase, power from on high. We're people of power. This tells us we don't have to do things in our own strength. We're not left struggling to try and do this just ourselves. Because here, Jesus is talking, promising power from on high with his Holy Spirit. This is what is available to us. Power. Power from on high. Many of you know that for many years we as a family have driven an electric car. Uh, they're getting more common nowadays. I've, I've got a car and it takes around eight hours when I plug it in in my, in my house to, to refuel it at night. If I go to a motorway, rapid charger, it can do the whole thing in half an hour or less much faster. Uh, I worked out that if I could harness a lightning bolt, uh, if I could have a special area on the car that could be hit by lightning, I could fully recharge my car in under a second 
Um, and there would still be enough power in that lightning bolt, bolt to do nine other cars as well. Out of one lightning bolt, that's the, the power from on high. And had that image as we're thinking, that unlimited power that we have in God, the vast resources of power that the Holy Spirit brings to us. We're looking for power to serve God in our lives. Power to step out in faith, power to be witnesses for him here. We can ask for the Holy Spirit in that week as we're looking ahead to Pentecost. We'll be here next Sunday celebrating Pentecost, celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit, God's gift to the church. His Spirit is available for us today. Whatever it is that we're facing in this week ahead, whatever challenges, if we need the strength, if we need the energy, the power to persevere, God has promised it. Exciting things. We are people of promise, people of proclamation, people of power. It doesn't stop there. We're people of provision. Verses 50 and 51 here. Read about the blessings of God here. Jesus here in this passage, we, we saw it lovely in the video, had Jesus blessing his disciples. When he led them out in the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. This blessing of Jesus. We are people of provision. God provides everything that we need. God supplies all our needs and much more. Our God is a generous God. We've just come to the end, haven't we, as a church here, of a series of uh, sermons on generosity and learning and challenging ourselves to be generous people. And it all came from we are generous because God has been so generous to us. He has done so much for us here. And here we, it talks about, doesn't it, the forgiveness of sins. That was what is being preached here, the forgiveness of sins, that we can have our sins forgiven, that we can be part of his family. He has made a way to us to be children of God through the death of Jesus on the cross. What love, what generosity, what reaching out to us. And it doesn't stop there. God goes on blessing us, providing for us. I've been challenged recently to try and be more thankful, to see and appreciate all of God's blessings for us. Because I find, I don't know what you're like, I find that I te am tempted to complain in life rather than be thankful. I complain that it's a long way from my lounge to the kitchen to make a cup of tea. Uh, in the vicarage, we have our lounge upstairs, and when Joanne says she wants a cup of tea, I have to go all the way down the stairs, all the way through the house at the bottom, to the kitchen at the back, and make a cup of tea. And I complain about it, rather than rejoicing that I have a lovely vicarage to live in, which would be the better response. The other day, I was in the kitchen, and I was waiting, as you do, you go and turn the hot water on, and then you put your hand under, waiting for the water to get hot. And I was grumpy and moaning, it takes ages for hot water to come through in this house. And then I thought, well, what about all the people that don't have water in their houses? What about uh, all, all the people that certainly don't have hot water, let alone cold water in their house? And I should be grateful that I only have to wait a few seconds and I've got hot water on tap and cold water. And I'm challenging myself to be thankful for all that I'm given rather than being a complaining person. God provides so much. That lovely hymn, doesn't it, talks about count your blessings, but not just numbering them, but to name them 
one by one. And we need to think about all that God has provided for us, all that he's given us, and be thankful for each individual thing, to name them before God and to appreciate all that he has done. We are people of provision. God has provided so much. He has blessed us so much. I love this image here um, of Jesus blessing the disciples. The word here used is is in the continuous. Um, Verse 51, while he was blessing them, he left them. It's almost like he didn't want to stop blessing them. Um, Blessing, blessing, blessing as he's taken away. Do you know those people when you, uh, you phone them and they're on the phone like this and they're like saying bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. And they, they don't quite want to put down the phone on you, do they? They just keep saying goodbye. And it seems a bit like this with Jesus. He was blessing them and blessing them. And yes, he was being taken up to heaven, but he was still blessing them as he was going. He still wanted to bless them. As he was going, he didn't want to stop blessing them, for that is our God. He doesn't want to stop blessing us. He's such a generous, loving God. It's exciting. We're people of promise, people of the proclamation, people of power, people of provision. Finally, we got to the last one. That should make us people of praise. Look where this passage ends. It said, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Does that describe us this morning? They stayed continually at the temple praising God. People of praise. Because when we realise that we are people of the promise and all that God has given us, People are the proclamation, the power, the provision that causes us or should cause us to be people of praise. The disciples here continually at the temple praising God. Does that describe us as people who are naturally drawn to praise, giving thanks to God for all that he's done? Continually at the temple, does that describe us that we are continually at church, worshipping? Is that what people say? about us do they say oh she's always at that church going to something at the church what a great thing to say about somebody oh he's always going on and on about what god is doing in his life what a lovely thing if people are complaining about that sort of thing about us does that describe us are we people of praise and if not if we struggle here we need to go back don't we to step one remind ourselves we're people of the promise Uh, and get God to open our eyes to see what's in the Bible. Continually praising God and giving thanks. What about times when we can do that together as a church? And what about prayer meetings? We've got lots of them as a parish, all different times of day. There's going to be one for you. Are you committed to one of those? As Hannah mentioned at the beginning, we're in the middle of the Thy Kingdom Come season. We've got daily prayer meetings. We had a lovely time together in St. Maya last night, praying together. You can join us here tonight, tomorrow night in Tanachayan. Have a look at the leaflet. We're going around the parish. There's, There's one near you somewhere. Do join us to pray together. We should be people of praise, delighting in spending time in God's presence, giving him our praise, our worship for all that he's done. Here in church today, are we committed to praising God and worshipping him? Or have we just come to listen to the music? We should be committed to be people of praise. So there we are, sermon for you, maybe only 5p, 
bargain, but those five points remind us of these key important things that we need to remind ourselves how much we're worth to God. We are people of the promise, people of proclamation, people of power, provision, and that should make us people of praise. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this account of Jesus and the disciples. And we do pray that you will open our minds to understand your scriptures, that we may appreciate all those truths that are for us. We pray that you will fill us this week with your Holy Spirit, that we may be bold witnesses for you and bring glory to your name in all that we do. This we ask in the name of Jesus, our risen, ascended Saviour. Amen.